Welcome to our Avatar Fate campaign, Bridge Between Worlds. This is episode 0.3, and with this being an episode 0, this is not the actual story. We're getting into that later. Right now, we're just building the world and the characters and NPCs and everything. And in this particular episode, we are in fact building the world. So, one of the things that really drove the Avatar was, you know, Zuko kind of hunting him down. And I would like to have something like that in the first session as you guys kind of get your bending awakened and you're kind of banded together. Somebody's going to be coming after you and make an obvious attempt at your life. Our first combat is probably going to be someone trying to kill you. So, and this guy or girl, uh, this person is going to keep hunting you. So, do you have any preference on what kind of person that's going to be? What about Tracy's older brother? <laughs> is Tracy the young? Is Tracy Tracy wants to play the youngest character, right? What if What if we fulfill all the tropes and we make him have I don't know a cat spirit or something, <laughs> and some people think it's cursed, but it you know means well. Jeez. It's a, so that could be the impetus to force us out because we know it's not evil but or at least we don't think it is I don't know maybe there's maybe there's a whole bunch of superstitions that come along with it but the cat spirit loves to hang out with Tracy so <laughs> not not if that's it if that's it then it wouldn't be his older brother just some guy from out of town who's who's trying to catch all the cat spirits it could be <laughs> oh yeah, he's like a he's like a cat spirit catcher. It, it could even just yeah. be like, yeah. so it like it could even just be a recent addition. Like something happened, and maybe maybe he picked up a MacGuffin, and the MacGuffin has you know it, the spirit is attached to it. If, if we do a MacGuffin, I would like the MacGuffin not to be a MacGuffin once we try to activate the MacGuffin. If that makes sense, that's fair. Another option is if my character is going to be discovering some bending ability. What if, um, like, we have this group that is trying to capture young benders because basically they want to create an army of brainwashed benders? I can see my character. I can see my character, even though he doesn't like benders, helping you because that's not nice. Does that work with you, Joshua? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm liking this. I'm typing. What's the average age when someone starts showing bending tendon or abilities? Ah, it varies greatly. If you don't show your abilities by the time you're 16, odds are you're not going to. I think the avatar at Korra was seven. Specifically with the avatar, though, they start looking for signs, you know, recognizing past life stuff uh, as early as, you know, the age of two. But uh, most vendors, it's going to be somewhere between... uh, Seven and fifteen, I'm sorry, six and fifteen. Okay, so maybe they try. Maybe they try and get benders that are under the age of ten. And if you're older than ten, they don't care. Yeah, maybe maybe they even have some way of detecting bending ability. You know, for younger kids who haven't started to manifest it yet, so they try to get them even before it's manifested. And maybe they hire cat spirits that can detect them. <laughs> I, I'm okay with Cat Spirit because when, whenever Captain Whiskers makes a sound, we can just say that's him. Fair point. <laughs> and that is going to happen, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to happen. Look. Hey, Captain Whiskers. 
But I'm going to go ahead and throw in this. I'm going to call him a uh, cultist, for lack of a better word. For this idea that this guy, you know, they're hunting benders uh, below a certain age. Uh, we got a cultist that can detect uh, bending powers before they manifest. Doing some recruiting, doing some brainwashing. So uh, that's going to be the guy that's hunting your group. I like it. And if you guys want to work in a cat spirit or something like that, that's up to you. Okay. Ooh, maybe we don't know this a guardian spirit yet. We just think it's a dumb cat. Well, my character thinks it's a dumb cat spirit. <laughs> yeah, I probably not think it's cool because it doesn't have gun arms or something. Gun arms? Are there guns here? How advanced is the technology? Uh, we have not established that. There were firearms and tasers and all kinds of things in the second series. Oh, okay. Um, it was basic. I would say the second series was kind of steampunkish because there were also tech suits and eventually a giant robot with a laser arm. They had lasers? Uh, at the very end. Yeah. Like, that was what the main villain discovered was the ability to make a laser powered by these uh, materials from the spirit world. That exploded and tore open a portal into the spirit realm, so... I, I can see the technology going backwards out of fear for that, but I can also see it kind of... Yeah, I can see that too. Uh, I can also see people fighting that stereotype and pushing it forward. Um, one of the things... What if we're in some technology between the two? Uh, that would make sense. More relying on, you know, bending powers in your hand. Hey, Captain. Uh, I imagine a lot of people, since they don't have <laughs> bending powers, might... You know, want an alternative. That's one of the reasons a lot of this stuff came in to be, is people wanted to be on equal footing with benders. Um, but also, benders were able to push that technology. Um, clockwork yep. and uh, blimps and such advanced significantly because a lot of people had metal bending abilities now. So, um, yeah, if we want to put it somewhere in the middle, uh, that should be fine. So I'd say if you guys decide, hey... Um, you know, I steal dad's gun. We'll put guns in it, but it'll be more, uh, musket technology than, um, Uzi technology. Mid 1800s or something? Somewhere around there, yeah. Subtle. Well, musket even. I see the Earth King and his musketeers. Musket even now. sounds earlier than that, like, uh, say 16, 1700s. I would think if it's just a barrel, you just do some really subtle earth bending out of it. Out of a rifle barrel. Yeah. Ah, uh, that's true. Actually, airbenders could do that because if, if an airbender had the barrel, you know, pushing, putting pressured air behind the projectile. Nice. Yeah, to help you aim it. Yeah. You have your own little... I mean, firebenders obviously could. Water could. Uh, with just the, you know, expansion. I think a lot of them I could mean, do it. Well, air, airbenders would basically be like a... Earthbenders could or metal benders at least could figure some kind yeah. of magnetic way and yeah i'm sure any of them could and that may uh reflect the different directions each nation's technology goes and so in this world the most powerful new form of technology is a pipe <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually I, I like i think it's interesting the idea of the almost bending power guns because like what the earth nation would be using would be almost more like blow guns except high-powered blow guns Mm -hmm. But more like darts and possibly poison or, you know, whatever. Yeah, and the Water Nation would be using more uh, hydraulic harpoons, and the Fire Nation would actually be using gunpowder. So. You do bring up a, a good 
point, actually, if it's an air bender, what if they could technically make effectively a, a guided missile using fans, now that I think about it. Ooh, that's true. <laughs> nice. These guys can be pretty dangerous. Yep. All right, so what we got? Do, do you guys have any other faces? I mean, we've kind of touched base on some ideas for, you know, Criminal Underworld or uh, Cast System. Yeah, you know, inventors, people coming together to build monuments. Uh, is there any specific faces or any creatures? I know one thing we haven't really talked about yet that uh, you know Avatar is famous for is the animal hybrids: uh, the platypus bear, the elephant bear, the duck bear. What about the bear bear? <laughs> yeah, there's actually one of those. It's kind of a joke in uh, was it the King of Bossing Say, the Earth King? has a bear, and it's just yep. a bear. And they keep naming, wait, you mean it's a platypus bear? It's a porcupine bear? Is it? No, it just says bear. Weird. What about a catfish? No. Or a fish cat? <laughs> oh. A fish cat. Your, 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 your guy, spirit guide could be a fish cat. <sighs> a fi- you have to carry around a fish cat? Wait, it just swims through the air, I guess. Yeah. Like those spirit <laughs> oh. koi. God, this is horrible. I love it. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't figured out what kind of campaign this is going to be yet, you're in for a fun ride. But yeah, um, does anybody else oh, have an NPC, uh, a face, something that you'd really like to establish now? Or you want to wait till we do a little more? Uh, who's the ruler of the big city? Is it a ruler or is it like a mayor or is it like a council like, what is the prevailing government? Is it one? Is it multiple nation governments? You could go multiple ways with that, too. Like, it could be one. It could always have been one of those. It start, you know, it starts out sounding good on paper, and then, it, it, you know, you give it time, you don't really fix it up, and it, it starts to look like the exact opposite of a good idea. Mm. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, my, my initial idea with that would be that... You know, you've got each nation kind of rules itself, but a lot of pro- these projects, a lot of these, you know, bigger cities, maybe, uh, these people got together and said, hey, we're all coming together to build this big thing. We're going to stand united, but we don't want to, you know, force one nation to rule another. That's bad. So we'll just elect councils, and the councils will be made of different members of different nations. But what that actually created was, uh, for lack of a better word, segregation in which you kind of divided the city into, okay, here's what the Earth guy is in charge of. Well, that's pretty much earthbending territory. Well, what if every council was a council of five? One for each bender and then one non-bender. Yeah, I could definitely see that. So then that would also, so that means any vote would have a tiebreaker because there's five people and everybody would be equally, air quoted, represented. Mm. That, of course, can be perverted and whatevered with, but that's the original idea. A council of five. Yeah, I think that's a great idea that could go bad. If you're talking about this great blended city, the idea of, like, the the water city could actually just be a section of this city. It's like the, the, the water nation quarter could be entirely floating on the water. <laughs> I can see where someone, like, maybe, okay, you know, you're the water nation, you're going to get this small section right next to the water. And okay, you know, the earth gets the big earth. Oh, look, the earth's section is expanding. The water section, you really guys don't really have anywhere to grow. So, yeah, we do. And they start building their city out on the water. Yeah. 
rather than having the separate, you know, floating city, you could have just the section of this city. Well, I, I think I really do like the idea of the Water City being its own city. Okay. But I also like the idea of it kind of inspiring, say, this section of the big city to start doing that as well and start expanding into the water. Ah, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, like someone that used to live in the Water City comes to this city and is like, hey, we can do this to expand our territory. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, I think I think I like the idea of all the different villages, and not all of them, but a lot of them having that idea of a council of five. Because I want to focus on more than just one big city. But, you know, maybe that's something that's spread out throughout the different nations in this trying to unify. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think the like the small villages that you get to is just whoever was naturally the leader, whoever is that person in town that people look up to and listen to, mm-hmm. that's the unofficial but really official leader. Once you get into those places where multiple people come together, this idea that you need a council of five, just like the old you know medieval kingdoms thought, you need a king yeah. or you need a queen. You have to have one ruler. The idea right now is now- the council of five. And us being together, like, starting out, are we going to be, like, all from different families? Or are we going to be, like, in an orphanage together? Or I, I think it would be best if you're all from the same village or town. Uh, probably not city if you're wanting to go to a big city. But as far as, I mean, you can just be friends, neighbors. You can be family. You can be from the same orphanage. Uh, what, what do you guys see for your characters? Yeah, you, well, that's something I was pondering because... You know, generally I've done characters that don't have any ties, and so it's interesting to ponder the idea of a character that has ties in the world, mm-hmm. apart from just the party. All right, so uh, getting into another RPG, I just want to say this tangent. Um, inspired by a show called Critical Role, I made a background for a D&D character that's called... Um, the supportive family background in which your mother and father are still alive, which almost never happens in an RPG. <laughs> and the benefit to picking that background is they'll send you care packages. And so you get every once in a while, when you start from a city, you get a care package from your family. Aww. And the one character or player that ever actually picked that, I never did anything to his family. That's sweet. They were always expecting something bad's going to happen to the family. We're going to have to go save them. no. <laughs> Never anything bad. He would send them money, uh, you know, it was kind of to support them uh, as he got treasure, and they would send him care packages, and it was just this relationship that grew through. Uh, so I have seen that work. It's been interesting. Oh, that's sweet. You, you do have to have, uh, I think, um, a reason to go on adventure, and the trope that always seems to work, even with Avatar, is... You know, either your family's dead, gone, or they've disowned you. Yeah. Um, You see that in all the characters, like all the characters uh, in the first series. It's true. So, however you guys want to do it, if you want to go through the stereotype, I don't think it's dead. I think we just live in the same village and we know each other. That's what I figured as well. I I already already imagine that my character's motivation is that he's very... uh, that part of his whole, his whole um, betterness, his, his whole attempt to prove himself stems from being um, the 
youngest child in the family who doesn't really ah. inherit anything, I guess, or mm. some sort of inferior inferiority complex along those lines. Yeah, and I I feel like I can be tied to these two because this guy's gonna try to do something horrible to an eight year old. I don't like that. And also, this eight year old looks up to a guy that this guy probably doesn't know it, but I have a competition with him because he's a bender. So. I mean, trying to protect the eight-year-old while also trying to show the eight-year-old that you don't have to be a bender to be good. Stuff like that. So it doesn't even have to do with my family dying or anything. Yeah, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, just something I was thinking of because, you know, it's like it kind of doesn't matter as much if you're dealing with like an adult character. Adult, You know, you're an adult. You're out doing your own thing. When you're a kid, well, you're not necessarily just allowed to go do whatever you want to. And if you show up missing, there might be someone who cares. Yeah. Of course, if it's things like, you know, you're, uh, you know, seventh child or with four or five after you, you know, there's times and places where families didn't care as much. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And there's. Yeah, I wasn't sure how far we were going to go with. Her. Well, you know, part of it, too, is, um, you know, there wasn't quite as much. Well, I, I, I guess we've already established that uh, the Earth Kingdom, at least, has some very strong family ties. But, uh, you know, it kind of just depends. I mean, a lot of, uh, you know, families before travel was uh, so easy to do, a lot of families just kind of accepted that, you know, your kid turns uh, 16 or 18 or whatever to become an adult, they leave and you don't see them again. Uh, They might be a little more accepting of it, you know, at this point in time. It could be the equivalent of sending your kids off to boarding school. <laughs> and there's always the possibility that the cultist will kill all your families and destroy the village to get to you. For some reason. Um, I don't see that as a strong possibility for this story, unless you guys want it to happen. But... No, I don't. No. Yeah. If you want to make me pay fate points, I will <laughs> make that not happen. I've often played with characters that have a certain amount of baggage from harsh pasts. And, yeah, I'm looking for a character to do a character that has a more positive, upbeat outlook. And so tragedy would make that a little harder to do. Yeah, for some reason, I just kept thinking about this. <laughs> uh, for some reason, I just kept, the way you kept describing it, for some reason, I kept thinking of the Goonies. Nice. So that's that was my mentality throughout this entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. Oh, I love it. That's actually very appropriate. Where kind of the kids are stepping up to fix the parents' world for them. And that's why I was thinking of the older guy as well. Is it the Goonies with, like, the truffle shuffle or something like that? Yes. What do you mean, is it the Goonies with the... Have you seen the Goonies? No. (laughs) Oh, that's okay. I'm not going to be one of those... You haven't seen the... No, it's okay. It's a good movie, I guess, if you're young. I don't... Actually, maybe you try to give it a watch and see if it's still good if you're an adult. I have no idea. I think if you watch Stranger Things, you still get a similar vibe. Yeah. I saw Garbage Pail Kids, which was a horrible movie. Yeah, Stranger Things embodies it. Yeah. It's, that's a, the distillation of a lot mm. of good things. That's a great series. All right, so what we got, Joshua? Ah, well, we're going on 11 o'clock now. Uh, all we've got left to do is the actual character building, which is going to take a while. Um, do we want to pick up with that uh, next time and get into actually playing out the first session? I think that... Yeah, that's a good stopping point. We can think about our care. Yeah, because we've got the world. We can think more about our characters because we already have a decent idea. If you'd like to hear other episodes, you can do that at burneverythinggaming.com. 
or over at Podbean or iTunes or wherever you find podcasts, you can do it. You can search for all the things. We've got one-shots, we've got campaigns, and Dresden Files, Star Trek, Secrets of Nam, Fantasy Adventures, whatever it is, you can find it, hopefully. And if not, let us know what you would like to hear. You can contact us over at BurnEverythingGaming at gmail.com, Facebook, Twitter. Let us know all the good things, bad things, whatever you think. We'd love to hear from you. Keep on enjoying. <laughs>